0: Everyone. Good to be out here with you today. Uh hey, a couple of testimonies to follow up with what Pastor Tiffany said. There was a piece she didn't mention to you about the, the, the gentleman that got shot on Wednesday. When we got the text, he was unresponsive on the way to the hospital. He went in unresponsive and they weren't expecting him to come out. And uh, we just we had just come out of our morning prayer together. Um 15 minutes or so, we tried that, we just kind of reinitiated that back in our staff. And uh, we had just come out of prayer, so we sat down at the table, and it wasn't five, ten minutes. And uh, that we were set up already in heart to get to that place. And the word, I saw what happened. and Megan sits right next to me, and I, I, saw, I saw the change in her facial expression. I'm like, okay, this is not good. What's getting ready to come up? And, um, you know, so we, we just, I, I, it's, it, this happened in seconds. Hey, guys, glad to have you back home. Thank you for getting back home. Don't ever leave again, okay? Um, okay. <coughs> the quarters we've missed them they've been gone for three weeks and uh anyway uh we just we didn't waste any time we didn't waste time talking about the details and try to find out a whole bunch of details we just heard unresponsive shot three times in the back serving a warrant a warrant and uh we just we took off we took off first thing we did is we took authority over the spirit of death and we said death devil you have no way you're not taking this man's life and then uh, we prayed in the spirit for about five, ten minutes until we felt a release in our heart that that was over. And then Pastor Tiffany chimed in and began to speak. Uh, you know, women always have a little bit more to say. So, uh, you know, she chimed in and began to pray, and she began to pray for the wife. So that was a story, of testimony there. There's a little bit more to it than just we just got him back home. But he came home that day. Unresponsive came home. That's just a big deal. Come on. Come on another testimony of outreach that you guys have been doing we've been doing it for i think 13 years now is fishers of men we go down every friday you send us down there you uh, the restaurants locally are providing helping us out with that to take uh, uh baked goods biscuits wraps different things to them every uh friday morning we get down there about 10 after four and um this sunday uh we were at Oregon Island, a group of us were there and uh, we were getting ready to kind of walk away. We were actually fellowshipping with some of the captains. The weather was a little bit rough offshore. And uh, they, you could just tell it in the air. These guys were a little bit of fear of the moment. You know, some guys didn't even come just because of what they were going to experience. And, and literally, <clears throat> we, we don't put pressure on these guys. We really don't. We don't beg them or talk, talk about church. We, we just love on them. And literally, we were walking away, and one of the captains said, hey, Pastor Stephen, will you come back and pray for us? Aww. So right there at Oregon Island, here we are, 4.30 in the morning, we got two captains. I'm not going to give you their names. One of them is, they're, they're, they're all well-known, but these captains, and then we had two of the mates. And here we are, we're standing with the four guys. Brent, you were there. The four guys that were there. To get, and we're praying with them. They're wanting protection. They're, wanting, they're trusting the relationship. Come on, that's, that's a celebration of what you're doing. Uh, God, man, you missed a good opportunity right there. Uh, I'm just telling you, that's a big deal to me as your pastor. We have endeavored for 12 years to not force God down their throat. They're not coming to church on Sunday. There's a big tournament right now for, uh, called Alice Kelly. They're not coming to church today. It's their job. It's what they do. So let's just go love on them where they are, and you get fruit like that. Come on. Anyway, come on. I'm going to invite you to stand back up with me, and uh, we're going to challenge ourselves as we get ready to close out this series on joy today. Stand up with me this morning one more time, and uh, we're going to get your confession involved with me today. Pastor Tiffany, when she launched out in this series, uh, it might have been the second time she ministered. She talked about the importance of confession. And Hebrews gives us instruction, chapter 10. Hold fast to your confession of faith, <clears throat> for he is faithful that promise. Hold fast means there's a chance something might try to come to take away what you're believing for. So here you go. Go ahead and say it with me. I choose joy. I choose joy. All right. Going to put you on the spot. Look at somebody and tell them, I choose joy. I choose joy. All right. I'm really going to challenge all of you right now. I want you to say this with me. I will be, I will be. One, of one of the happiest persons, persons. on the Outer Banks In Jesus' name, name, because I got joy. joy. All right, I want you to say this uh, scripture with me, Chase. Is it Chase back there today? Go ahead and put Psalm 126, verses 2 through 3, and let's read this together. I'll actually, they tell you never to do this, but I'm going to look up here on the screen. Online, you read it with us at home. Uh, Glad you guys are here with us. Here we go. Let's read Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. Next verse. The Lord hath done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Come on. Every head bow, every eye closed. Let's just go ahead and just launch in and get what we need to get today. Father, we're so grateful, so thankful. We love you so much. And we just honor and make much of your word right now in front of us, and uh, we welcome your spirit to be the helper, to help us just endeavor to get the last little piece of nuggets we need to seal this into our hearts, put us in remembrance of the scriptures today, put us in remembrance of what we learn, and when we walk out, we will have an understanding of an internal, eternal joy that trumps everything. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. You go ahead and be seated. <clears throat> Again, if it's your first time here, glad to have you. I'm Pastor Stephen. That was my wonderful wife, Tiffany. And uh, how about that last song? Did you like that? Uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. That, uh, that came to me probably, um, I think it was last year, mid part of the year. And I just started singing it, singing it, singing it, singing it. And, and uh, that's really where this series generated from. And uh, I think after today, it'll mean something to you. But well, here we go. Let's just do a quick, quick review what we've covered in this series. But we said that joy on its surface is just a feeling. It's a temporary emotion. It can leave us in an instant, and it's circumstantial. And I gave you the example over and over again, same example. If you got kids, you know what I'm talking about you love them in one minute they're a joy in one minute and then they get on your last nerve in the next minute because that's an out external joy it's circumstantial it can change in a moment's notice because sometimes it's dependent upon people sometimes it's dependent upon reports sometimes it's dependent upon what's your day sometimes it's dependent for some people this shallow because the clouds are in the sky and sun's not out but anyway biblical joy is a different kind of joy And I gave you this statement. Can somebody, Miss Patty, can give me that water right there, if you don't mind? Biblical joy is a different kind of joy. I gave you this statement last week. It just kind of... Thank you, ma'am. You're so wonderful. Tell Miss Patty Patty, she's wonderful. (laughs) She just serves us unconditionally. Biblical joy. I gave you this statement last week, and I want you to write it down if you haven't yet. Biblical joy is an intermittent experience. It's not an intermittent experience, but a permanent one. And we followed over into Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. And out of the NIV, we said that we found out that joy, biblical joy, it's a choice. Paul encouraged this church. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And then he, go, he backs it up and he says, again, I say rejoice. And we gave you this statement. We said, it's an outward demonstration of your internal expectation that victory is already yours. Now, the definition of this word rejoice and rejoice in both places, here's what it means. It means I can be cheerful at any point. It means I can be calm, calm at any point. It means I can be happy at any point. Not what's going on out here, but internally, I can be happy. How about this word? This, literally, I found this word yesterday, looking up the definitions again. I can be chipper. Tell somebody time to get chipper. Chipper. Now, now, this is all internal joy. This is all etern- internal and eternal. This is not based on an emotion out here. When this comes at me that's, that's messing up my day, I can revert into something eternal, and I can be chipper. I can look right at people. This is not your personality. It's not based on your personality. Because some people say, well, that's just not my personality. No, 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 no. I don't care what your personality is. You can be the quietest, loudest. It doesn't matter. You can always do this. And we gave you this quote. We said that this our demonstration of joy is the bridge between you receiving, you believing, and you receiving. Remember what we said? Grace, rejoice. Joy. When I step in power, the grace of God, I'm moving into that place rejoice, and then I receive my joy. I receive what I'm expecting. And the enemy loves to come take us back from that. We'll talk about that more today. But here we gave you these quotes. This joy, internal joy, is not for the conservative. It's not for the reserve. It's for the resolved. This joy is for those that are resolved to keep the pressure on him. Say, the pressure's on him. This joy is for those that are willing to walk by faith and not by sight, all right? So we've learned a few things in this this series, but ultimately today, I want to really hone in on this thought, keeping the pressure on him. It's not disrespectful. It's actually disrespectful to not keep it on him. And we want to come in and get this last little nugget of this, and I'm going to take you into some scriptures, and we're going to walk through it. We're going to find out some how-tos, find out a place to fight, and then we'll walk out, and we'll be happy on the way out, okay? You guys said it. You're going to be the happiest people on the Outer Banks. Hebrews 11.6. Remember I said that this is what makes him happy. This is keeping the pressure on him. Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, trusting in God, resolving God, joy, it is impossible to please him. So if I'm not reserved to this walk by faith, not by sight, I'm not going to be making him happy at all. And then he defines what that looks like. He says that for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Go into scriptures, find out who he is. He's a good God, not a bad God. He's a faithful God, not not an unfaithful God. He's a stand in the gap God. Go find out what the Bible says about who he is. And then he goes here, listen, and he must believe that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. One translation says that that knows that he gives to me upon approach. So when I have that resolve in me, it tells me that it makes God happy when I come to him in the place of joy and faith. This joy that I have is my strength. I'm going to come at him with that kind of thought. Now, go with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. We're going to walk through this scripture this morning together. 1 Peter chapter 5, look at verse 6 and 7. We'll start right there. Same thought, come to God. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. That sounds like what we just read. Now, look at verse 7. What's he saying? Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Say, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Say, the pressure's on him. Now listen to this verse out of the Passion Translation. Pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. For he always tenderly cares for you. Now, I want to read you an excerpt out of what's called the Sparkling Gems Translation. Really, that's a good friend of mine, Rick Renner. Uh, He has a church in Russia. He wrote a book called Sparkling Gems. It's a 365-day devotional. He's a modern-day Hebrew-Greek scholar. He just took hundreds of scriptures and made a daily devotional and took those scriptures and then translated them and brought them into natural, or I don't say natural, but, but terminology that we can understand so we can get a better idea of what's being said in the King James or any other translation. Let's know what he says about these two scriptures. Take that heavy burden, difficulty, or challenge you are carrying, the one that has arisen due to circumstances that have created hardship and struggles in your life, and fling those worries and anxieties over onto the back of the Lord. Let him carry them for you. The Lord is extremely interested in every facet of your life and is genuinely concerned about your welfare. Say it makes him happy. Now go to 1 Peter look at verses 8 and 9. Let's continue on in this a little bit. Look at the Passion Translation. Now we're going to learn something that's going to help us. I don't want to give you the impression that the joy we're talking about comes without a fight. That life's just going to be bed of roses. You'll never be challenged. And look, if I just have joy, it's just going to be one of those blissful days. No, you're probably going to have a lot more. You're on the devil's radar now as a believer, as a Christian. You probably will seem like you've got more troubles than someone that's unsaved. Look at this. Be well balanced and always alert because your enemy, the devil, roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Listen, verse 9. Take a decisive stand against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that your believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of troubles you endure. All right, Coach, so come on, look, let's lead the pack we got brothers and sisters all around the world that are experiencing similar things that we're experiencing. The Bible says if we come together and get into unity, he'll empower that group of people. Now, we're just talking about us, our coastal group. But we just found out around the world, there's a bunch of people that are experiencing similar things to this. And he says, look, I want you to take a decisive. Everybody say decide. I want you to take a decisive stand against what? Who? The devil. And I want you to do this in a vigorous faith. So we got to look at this, and I want to show something to you. When it says to take a stand against the devil, remember the very first, uh, I think it was the very first day of this series when, that I spoke to you that was communicated for you that day. Remember I went back and I said, I'm going to put you in remembrance of some things. And we walked through our vision and things like that. Well, I want to do the very same thing with you today because we've taught on this a little bit. But I want you to see something. When we're after joy in our life that's internal and it's eternal, there is a devil that wants to make sure you don't have joy, you don't receive what you're looking for. He wants to make sure that your God gets mockery, and he wants to make sure that you start to doubt and get into unbelief. He wants to make sure that he proves you wrong in your belief in what you're standing for. So I found out a long time ago it's real good to know who your enemy is and know some things about him. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 11 will help us begin to understand some things about the devil. Because sometimes people are, don't some churches don't even use the word devil in their church anymore. Man, we just sang a song that said hell about 50 times. There is a devil. He's the deceiver of nations. He's the first fallen angel. That tried to not humble, but set himself up against God. So here we go. Let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 6. Put on the whole armor of God. I don't have time to talk to you about the armor of God. We taught a series five years ago on every single piece of the armor. I think it's still available online. You can go listen to that. One piece of that armor says your shield of faith. To clinch every fiery dart that comes from the enemy against you. If you understand that shield, it's a leather shield, it's full body. And when you look at that shield, they wet it down so when the fiery arrows from their enemy come, there's fire, it puts them out. You don't need to know that. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand vigorously in faith against the wiles of the devil. Look at that word wiles. That gives us some insight how he functions. The word wiles means methods. It also means road traveled by the devil. So the devil's not dumb as some people think. He has a method to come at you. He has a road he's going to come after you while you're taking this stand in joy. The joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Okay, he's setting up his method. He's setting up a pathway of road of travel to come to you. So let's find out, what is this method? What is this road? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. For now it says, we are not ignorant of his, study the rest of it. Go back and read it at home. We are not ignorant of his devices. Who? The devils. We're not ignorant of his methods. We're not ignorant of the road that he's going to travel. The joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. He's coming after you. We're not ignorant of its devices. The word devices gives us better insight to the method and the road traveled. Here's what a definition. The primary destination, method, road traveled, is to get into your mind and fill it with lying emotions, false perceptions, and confusion. In turn, stealing your joy and stealing your victory. So now I know when I stand vigorously against the enemy, his method to come after me, I'm going to read it to you again, his primary destination, method road, is to get into my mind and fill it with lying emotions, outer, outer. When people challenge me, when circumstances challenge me, when i got every right to justify what I'm thinking, when I've got every right to justify why I'm feeling this way, when I think of this, and he says this, he goes, and false perceptions, is what I'm thinking maybe a false perception? And confusion. Anybody ever been confused before? Sure you have. So what are we to do with this method, this road, with what he comes after that? Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, look at verses 3 through 5. In the Good News Translation. I'm glad I've got your attention now. It is true we live in the world. But we do not fight worldly motives. We don't fight with worldly motives. The weapons we use in our fight are not the world's weapons, but God's powerful weapons, which we use to destroy strongholds. All right? What's great about this is Paul actually begins to define strongholds through the rest of the scripture. We destroy false arguments, lying emotions, false perceptions, confusion. We destroy false arguments, we pull down every proud obstacle that is raised against the knowledge of God. You're going to need to know some things. We take every, what's he say? What's he say? Take every thought, his method of travel, the road he's coming after you with lying suggestions, false perceptions, and confusion. Take all the thought and captive and make it obey Christ. Everybody say, I'm in Christ. Christ. I'm in Christ and the pressure's on him. Now, I'm going to give you one scripture right now. we got a bunch more to go over, okay? I'm going to give you one scripture. It's my favorite scripture of the Bible. Why? Because I've had to use it over and over and over again just to remind myself the confusion and the squirreliness that's going on in my head to give me confidence that hold fast to the confession of your faith because he's faithful with that promise, and you might just want to write it down. I don't say that rude. I don't say that derogatory. Maybe think about writing this down. Maybe just think about it maybe once or twice, or at least go read it before Jesus comes. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Now, thanks be unto God. He always causes us to triumph in Christ. Thanks be unto God, I get into the grace. Thanks be unto God, I start rejoicing. Thanks be unto God, I step into that joy. He always causes me to triumph. Nothing out here tells me that. But the word, the knowledge of the truth, tells me that that's where I stand. Now, let me let you into another thought. Go back to 1 Peter chapter 5. You guys okay? We're way ahead of schedule. 1 Peter chapter 5, 10 through 11. The Passion Translation again. (laughs) And then, we're just continuing on with what we started with. Same conversation, same scripture, same thing. uh, conversation Paul was writing to Peter. It says here, <clears throat> excuse me, not Peter, not Paul. Says, and then after your brief suffering, after the brief, <laughs> you can determine how brief this is. After the brief false accusation, after the brief false perception, remember he's coming after you that way. After the brief confusion, you can make it as long as you want. You stay in confusion long enough, you stay here long enough, you'll start to believe it. It'll start to become who you are. You'll walk away from the truth, and you've just opened up the door for the enemy to make happen. He can only do it when you open the door to him. False accusation. Here's what he said. After your brief suffering, this is the only suffering that's in Scripture. The God of all loving grace who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ. Oh my, 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 my. This makes me happy. Say the pressure's on him. Will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Why? Because you had stand in vigorous faith. You made him happy. You pleased him when you chose the word over the circumstance. Yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up. And he has all the power needed. Not just one time. Not just two times, not just three times. Remember what I told you? I've used this 100,000 times. Oh, thanks be unto God. Always causes me to try. Why? Because he says this, and he has all the power needed to do this forever. He'll outlast you. Because <laughs> the pressure's on him. All right. Now, this is where some of you might get really mad at me. Because I'm going to read this whole scripture. Psalm 91, we taught a whole series on this in 2020 when we came into COVID. Go back and listen to it. Set you free. Set me free. But until knowledge is there, you won't have a thing to handle the road he's traveling and the method of his. Until knowledge is there, this is how you resist. This is how you gain the thought. You go to something that's a promise that tells me what God's going to do so that I don't believe what people are doing anymore, so I don't believe what, what the enemy's doing anymore, so I don't believe the lies, the perceptions, and the reports, the deceiver. He's a master at deceiving you to think that you can justify all your outer emotional actions. The last time I checked, your faith has to work by love. And if you're not willing to walk in love, you will open the door to the enemy every single time. It's not easy to walk in love. I can tell you right now, the hardest time to walk in love is when you justify everything that you're thinking and saying. Psalm 91, verses 1 through 6. What a way to go out. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, You are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me. The only God for me and my great confidence. Quit making the devil your God. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms are faithfulness, are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have the fear of spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing, whether by night or by day. Demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster, with thousands and thousands being killed, You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders, say special orders, to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, well, come on. They'll Remember the road? Remember the road? Remember the road? If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them bes- beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you love me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray. And you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you. For you, listen, the joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. For you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. Say it with me, because the pressure's on him. Almost done. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 8. So, now we know his methods. Now we know his road. Now we know what to do with those false accusations, the thoughts that come against my mind. I don't have time to go in to dig and and, and try to to relate to all of the thoughts that you're having. You all are squirrely. We're all squirrely. We all got a head that, that thinks wrong. It has to be renewed to the Word of God so that you can think, act, and talk like God. That's where the power is. Actually, Ephesians, we referenced that in the beginning of this series, and we went to Ephesians chapter 5, and he says to put on and take off. There is a way, there is a, as a believer, as a Christian, there is a certain way that I, that I, that I choose to live. And when I begin to make those choices, I might come to my attention that there's some things that maybe are in that scripture that I want to take off. But then I'm going to have to actually put something on and begin to wear that as who I am. (coughs) Philippians 4, 4 through 8. So, everybody say, so. Be cheerful with joyous celebration every season of life. Let your joy overflow. Say, I'm the happiest person on the outer banks some of you need to renew that in your thought because your face does not tell us that we're not moved by that outer expression we're moved by your internal joy and the eternal that's in you so we're just asking you to go there and bring it out and let gentleness be seen in every relationship for our Lord is ever here ever near don't be pulled in different directions a word about a thing saturated in prayer throughout each day offering your faith filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude tell him every detail of your life then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ now he tells us what to do so keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real honorable and admirable beautiful and respectful pure. I tossed and I turned it's not because I ate a bunch before tonight either I just tossed and turned I saw visions and dreams last night that I haven't seen in a long time things that and I, and I think I don't know maybe we'll see that next year but as soon as I got up this came to my my spirit and I just can I just it's not a, it's not a eloquent phrase But I do believe it's something for us at Coastal Family Church. I believe it it is time for us to step up in some things and grow beyond a little bit of growth that we've had. But can we resolve to win the battle? The word came to me this morning, will I just go ahead and make a decision in my own heart to fight and stand by faith vigorously and just resolve to win the fight? Some of us are vacillating back and forth of whether we're going to win or not because of outside circumstances. I'm pulling you back into that spirit of faith and go ahead and resolve. You know what? I'm going to win this one. I'm going to win this one. I'm going to win this one. Nehemiah 810. Stand up with me. Nehemiah 810, where that song came from. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Living Bible is the one that hurts us. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. You must not be dejected and sad. Amplifies his strength and stronghold. I'll give you this quote again, and then I'm going to really, we're going to seal the day and walk out. The outward expression of eternal joy is a demonstration of your victory in Christ regardless of the circumstances. Rejoice, and again I say, Rejoice because the pressure's on him. Final scripture, and let's read it again together. Got that for me, Chase? Psalm 126, 2 through 3. Let's read it. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and her tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord hath done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us. Wherefore, we are glad. Choose joy. Choose joy because the pressure's on him. Bow your heads. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh, Father, I'm grateful. Thank you. Revelation, revelation, revelation. You're so faithful. Father, if there's anybody here right now that are out there online and are online audience and they've never made Jesus the Lord of their life, I just pray right now that just take a moment in their heart and, Talk to them in that still, small voice and, and let them know how much you love them. Let them know how much you just want to be a part of uh, the purpose for their life. And we're going to give them an opportunity for you just to, to as you speak to them to, to make Jesus the Lord of their life together. If there's anybody out there and you hear the voice of God, it's usually a still, small voice talking to you, nothing coming at you real loud. And He's just speaking into your heart and wanting you to come to Him. It's because He loves you. It's, it's kind of like a pulling, a drawing. And you, you know it if it's you. And, and, and the Bible says that, 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 look, when I begin to trust that and says, look, I can make him my God, the God that's going to protect me in all of the things we share today. All I have to do to make that a part of my life is to believe maybe that, that nudge right now and then confess his son Jesus as being my Lord. That just means welcome him into your life. And we, listen, we're all sinners according to the scripture, but Jesus was the one that came to forgive you of that and, and save you from that. And you confess him as Lord, your sins are forgiven at that moment. And then you have interest into heaven, interest into a cool life on the earth. If anybody, that's you right now, out there online, lift your hand out there online. We, we can't see it, but we can see it in our heart and our spirit. And you're in this house. Raise your hand. I want to pray with you. I see that hand back there. Will you guys join in with me right now? Let's get involved with this brother with me right now. Just say, oh, God, (laughs) I believe that you're real. And now I want to confess your son, Jesus, as my Lord. And that because of that, I believe I'm saved. I'm a child of God now. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I'm going to share one more thing with you I want you to remember. Last week, we talked a lot about... We found out to be filled with joy and to be filled with the Spirit. You've heard us share some things about that, uh, some results of that this week. Man, we had a bunch, a bunch of people that got filled with the Spirit this week, meaning filled with the Spirit, the power of God, with the evidence of speaking in tongues this week. Life changed forever. And as I was thinking about this, thinking about those people and their lives changing, and, 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 you know, I thought about what we taught last week. Go back and listen to it. It'll help you. It'll, it'll help you get some understanding of it. I went back in my mind and my thoughts and like, man, when did I get filled with the Spirit of God? When did I begin to speak in tongues? I was 12 years old. I was at Camp Maranatha, an Assembly of God camp. Me and Artie Tillett, I'll call him out, Artie Tillett, man, we were a crazy bunch of two boys that day. We just, uh, we had girls on our mind too, you know, we were, we, we had a lot going on. But man, the Spirit of God got a hold of us one night and changed us forever but there was a part of our life where we didn't yield to that either we probably walked in that for maybe six months but then you know you become a teenager and you, you just go off and go to school and go to college some do some don't we did and, and we, we weren't filled with the spirit we weren't filled with joy we got filled with the wrong things And, and uh, but you know what I want to share with you the moment I turned my face back to God 21 I'm 55 now The moment I turned my face back to God, do you know what? That experience showed up the same time. And I began to pray in the Spirit, speaking in tongues. Changed my life. Never left. It was always there. Always there. He never leaves you. And I talked to my son-in-law. I sent a a, a teaching out yesterday of Brother Hagin, Kenneth E. Hagin, from from Tulsa Rainbow Bible School. And it it was about this subject. And, And I wish I could send it to all of you. It was just phenomenal. I listened to it. And I sent it to our staff and sent it to some other people and I sent it to my son-in-law. And he texted me late last night and he says, you know what? I thought this sounded familiar because it was. I was listening to this and when I was listening to this, I got filled with tongues. And that day, listening to that sermon that I sent out, I'm just telling you, it'll change your life. I hope I've put a bug in some of your ear to not ignore this anymore, not resist this anymore, pursue it, desire spiritual gifts pursue it. Get around some people that 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 you know, walk in that, that you can trust and they're not going to throw you under the bus and take you in the grocery store and get you filled in front of 10,000 people. It might happen. I don't know. I just want you to, I want you to know this is something that's beneficial and you need it in the world we're living in. All right. I love you with all my heart. Let me pray over you and I'll let you go. Thank you for that little bit of extra time there. Father, we love you. We're so grateful for your goodness. I pray blessing over this whole group of people. Father, you're faithful to them. You're faithful to me. And I say, get out there in the world. Help us to remember that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Holy Spirit, help us to keep the pressure on him. Remind us of what we've heard today and everybody said. In Jesus' name, I love you with all my heart. Hello, everyone. Hey, I'm Pastor Stephen. This is Pastor Tiffany. We just want to thank you for joining our online worship experience today. And uh, grateful to have you we got some information that we want to pass on to you. Maybe you can connect up with us here real soon uh, back on another online worship experience. We'd love to connect with you. And if you just take a moment and download our Coastal Family Church app, you're going to find a gray card on that section. Just take a moment and submit that and fill that out. We'd love to put a free gift in your hand and also slip a letter in the mail letting you know more about Coastal Family Church and any upcoming events we have. Maybe this is your first time with us, and again, we just want to say thank you. If you call Coastal Family Church your home, we want to let you know that there's a several ways that you can give, also on our app or on our website. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Pastor Steven? Hey, we'll see you soon. You guys have a great day.